بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى ال سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى ال محمد وبارك وسلم ان كتاب الحكم عن ذا تشابتر ان بيشنس ات ذا تايم اوف ادفرسيتيز ديفرنت كلاميتيز ذات كم ابون اس هاو ذيس شود برينج اس كلوزر تو الله سبحانه وتعالى اند وي ريلايز ذات ذيس ار تيست ار كومينج فروم الله ابن تالا سيز ليخفف الم البلاء عليك علمك بانه سبحانه هو المبلي لك فالذي واجهتك منه الاقدار هو الذي عودك حسن الاختيار ليخفف الم البلاء عليك الله سبحانه وتعالى in order to soften for us the suffering of afflictions we are afflicted by different calamities loss of wealth loss of health loss of a beloved person any challenges that we are facing in our life in order to soften for us these sufferings to make it easier for us to bear how is how will it become easier for us to bear this loss ilmuka bi annahu subhanahu huwa almubli lak it is the fact that allah has taught us and that we should realize we should understand we should ponder and reflect and think about it that the, allah he is the one who has caused this trial to come upon you so whenever we are being tested and uh, and we have a big test in our life if we ponder and reflect and think that you know, who did this test come from it was allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who brought this test upon me this will inshallah soften for us this this potential suffering whatever suffering we may be have going going uh, going through the loss of a child for example such a tremendous loss but if you think about the fact that this came from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is the one who caused this trial it will become inshallah easier to bear and who is this allah falladhi wajahatka minhu al-aqdaru walladhi awwadaka husna al-ikhtiyar whoever is that being allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who is now confronting with you with his decree of fate allah taala is bringing his decision his taqdeer upon you that you have to go through this loss just think for a moment he is the same being allah who has up till now uh, accustomed you to his benevolent decisions meaning all of the good things that you are enjoying in your own in your life up to this point that you are so happy about who is the one who granted you all those blessings allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So the same Allah who has given you all the good things, He is the one who has now afflicted you with the test. So how can you be disappointed in Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala? When you keep, so this is His words. The Sharah commentary is: When you keep in mind that the misfortunes that are befalling you, they are from Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, the Most High. Any misfortune that you are going through, any loss of a loved one, any pain, any suffering, any financial loss. and if you are hurt by the way people are treating you people are causing you pain people are cheating you people are backstabbing you people are betraying you your children may be giving you pain spouse parents family members friends business partners all kinds of different human relations are causing you pain and difficulty if you keep in mind that all of these things are not happening outside the permission of allah they are befalling you with the permission of allah and the worldly causes you know this person did it to me that person did it to me they have no significance in this regard it is happening with the will of allah then the grief and sorrow will be lessened if you 
reflect hadha min Allah. This is from Allah. Now the grief and sorrow that you may have been facing will be lessened inshallah. You will realize that that being who is afflicting you with this misfortune is the same being who has always acted for your welfare in all of your affairs. Up till now he was the one who was taking care of you. And he is still taking care of you. He has always treated you with love and kindness. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has always been treating us with love and kindness and he's the same one who's bringing this test. And in view of Allah's kind and loving treatment in all of your affairs, you will understand that most certainly there is some benefit for you in this hardship. Whatever hardship you're going through, since it is from Allah, and Allah is not zalim, it's coming from Allah is the first point, and Allah uh, has a proven track record that how much He loves us, then there must be some benefit in it for us. While outwardly this hardship may appear to be a misfortune, in reality it is for your benefit. There is some benefit. Sometimes we can understand what the benefit is, we perceive it, sometimes we do not perceive it. In fact, it, may be, it is a mercy from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. So even in the pain of a believer, there is a lot of hidden mercy. So when this knowledge develops into a state in you, when a person reflects on this ilm until it becomes his hal, becomes his state, then your worry and grief will disappear. SubhanAllah. Although the hardship may even produce pain to your physical body or physical heart. Physical body may be in pain. Physical heart may be, you know, getting a bypass surgery, having a stent in the heart, this cardiac pain, this angina is happening. The spiritual heart at the same time will remain contented and delighted. So there is a physical heart. It may be going through pain. But the spiritual heart will be content and delighted. So that this is how the condition of the awliya Allah are. Subhanallah, ala inna awliya Allah, la khawfan alayhim wa la hum yahzanun. They recognize that everything is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is called a state of itminan, state of being mutmain. Ya ayyatuhan, nafsul mutmainna. The nafsul mutmainna is mutmain bi qadailah. In all stages, is happy with the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so much and they realize that everything is happening with his decision. So when they look around at the affairs of the world, they think that, okay, subhanallah, this is all the desire of my beloved being fulfilled. They look at it from that way. This is the desire of my mahbub being fulfilled. So how can I object? So they are pleased with whatever Allah decrees. And it makes it easy for them to go through any loss. Like that famous story, Shaykh Abdul Qadir Jilani rahimahullah, was sitting with his disciples and he was a big merchant as well. And someone rushed and came in and said there was a huge hurricane in the ocean. You may have heard this famous story, right? And there was a hurricane and all of your ships were part of that larger fleet uh, and your entire life savings you had invested in that business venture. And the whole ship, ha uh, all the ships, not just one ship of goods, but all of the ships have capsized, has drowned. Um, so, subhanAllah. Uh, he just looked down for a moment, he put his head down and, and um, he, it was reflected for a few minutes then he looked up and he just said Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Then he came down continuing, there was not much reaction. That was, uh, he, the, the one who brought the news was, was expecting a much greater reaction. Then after some time another person came running with a message that um, SubhanAllah the entire fleet was drowned. The only few ships that were saved are 100% yours. All of your ships were saved and they're the only ships that were saved and they reached the harbor with profit. So he put his head down for a moment and he thought and reflected and then he said Alhamdulillah. 
So somebody asked him that you had the same remark first time, same remark last time, the second time. He said that um, when everything was destroyed, I thought for a moment that is this a sign that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is angry with me? Have I committed some sin and this is a test, uh, adab from Allah? And I felt my spiritual condition was the same and I hope that Allah is not displeased with me. Uh, then I realized this is a test from Allah ta'ala. This is his decree to further elevate my status. So I said, Alhamdulillah, oh Allah is from you. And then the second time when he said that all of, of the ships are saved, then I realized that, uh, then I thought for a moment, is Allah displeased with me and he's giving me this as istidraj, as to increase my acts of disobedience so that I become involved in this dunya and I forget about him. Then I thought about Allah and made muhasaba and made tawbah to Allah Ta'ala that oh Allah protect me from istidraj. And I felt in my heart that Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is, is not giving me istidraj, He's giving me His fadl. So then I said, Alhamdulillah ala fadlillah. So good things are two options. It could be istidraj from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala, something Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala is giving so that we continue to disobey Him and forget Him, get entangled in those things. Or it could be a fadl from Allah. So Dawood and Sulaiman they had kingdom, their kingdom was Fadal of Allah. Hadha min Fadli Rabbi, as was said by Sulaiman And kingdom uh, of Firaun and army of Numrud and Mughalt of Haman, and these were all istidraj. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given it to them so that they continue to disobey him even more. So And then on the other hand, um, loss of life and patient and difficulties, the hardship that came upon Ayyub salam, that came upon our beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, that came upon Yahya salam when he was beheaded, Zakariya salam when he was sawed in half, Yunus salam on his bottom of the ocean. All these different tests and trials that came. Ibrahim salam when he was kicked out, thrown in the fire. There's long stories and series of Anbiya salam undergoing great trials. This does not mean Allah was displeased with them, but rather Allah was elevating their status through those trials. And all the adabs that came of the wind upon Qum of Ad and the, and the screech of the angel on Thamud and the destruction of the dams of, uh, of Saba that destroyed their agriculture and um, subhanAllah, earthquakes that came upon Qum Lut. All of these different forms were not as a test to elevate their status of those people but rather an adab. So good things inherently and, uh, are not evil or nor are they good. Uh, from a spiritual perspective and bad things that happen are not necessarily bad. It depends on how a person reacts to it. He says, مَنْ ظَنَّ إِنْ فِكَاكَ لِلُطْفِهِ عَنْ قَدَرِهِ فَلِذَلِكَ لِقُصُورِ نَظَرِهِ مَنْ ظَنَّ إِنْ فِكَاكَ لُطْفِهِ عَنْ قَدَرِهِ فَذَلِكَ لِقُصُورِ نَظَرِهِ Whoever supposes that and thinks, dhanna, he thinks, his conjecture, his idea is, this is his idea. Whoever thinks that the gentleness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his lutf, his ihsan, his kindness and his gentleness is separate from his decree of fate. Meaning when, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he had decrees his fate, his taqdeer of something difficult, challenging that is happening for us. If someone thinks that his gentleness is separate from that, it's not part of that. So there is one gentleness and lutf of Allah when He gives us good things. When He gives us bad things, there is no kindness there. If He separates the two, فَذَلِكَ لِقُصُورِ نَظَرِهِ This is uh, out of His short-sightedness. A person is very short-sighted. A person is very short-sighted and just, um, uh, subhanAllah, perceiving external conditions and lost by the law, in the lahir and is not looking at the batin. He is just um, focusing on the external and is not piercing and looking at it uh, looking at the internal dimension. If he thinks that 
whenever there is a difficult decree from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us, there is no gentleness involved. Rather Allah ta'ala is gentle and kind to you even in that condition. So the sharah is the idea that Allah's gentleness is only with the servant in the state of pleasure and prosperity. When there's good things happening, yes, Allah is gentle and kind to me. And not in the state of difficulty and hardship. Oh, when there's hardship, well, where's the gentleness here? If a person feels that way, then this is a product of the deficiency of his intellect. This means that he is not, uh, does not have the basira, does not have the hikmah, does not have the wisdom of the deen. Whoever is a, any mu'min, any believing servant who holds this notion is lacking in insight. Meaning does not have the hikmah, does not have wisdom. Because his gaze is limited to the external circumstances. He's just looking at Zahir and saying, oh, this is a, this is a, a challenge, this is a test. Oh, uh, there's, no, there's no khair for me. He's just looking at the external. Um, in fact, in difficulties and hardships, the believer will achieve such inner bounties that he does not acquire in prosperity. So there are the ways to go towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in good conditions through shukr and bad conditions through sabr. Sabr is a harder path but the quicker path at the same time. Sabr is undoubtedly harder but it is undoubtedly quicker. So the level of wilaya that can be got through sabr is uh, if, you get, if, you get, if we get the test of shukr we should thank Allah Allah gave us easier test. But if you are granted the test of sabr we should thank Allah you gave us the, the quicker test. So it's either way you win inshallah. Just think about the brothers and sisters in Gaza who are going through so many difficulties and they're patient and every single time, every recording, they're saying the same thing, Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil. Do you think their ta'alum Allah is perhaps closer than us in prosperity? Undoubtedly, I would assume so, right? Illa qalilan, except for some awliya Allah who may be here, that their level of ta'alum Allah in the state of shukr is comparable to those who are going through the test of sabr. The one who is going through the test of sabr in the correct manner has a very amazing blessing which is called the ma'iyah of Allah, that Allah is with him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah ma'as sabirin. Allah is with those who are sabir. And sabir here is bil fi'l, not bil quwa, meaning they actually are in the state of sabr, not were in sabr in the past or have, will make sabr in the future, but are actively engaged in sabr in the present. So the person who is in the state of sabr while he's in the state of sabr, while he's actively sabir, has a very special blessing called ma'iyah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Inna Allah ma'as sabirin. So that is why when he raises his hands, uh, is, is it uh, easier to shed tears in, in sabr in front of Allah ta'ala or in prosperity? Right? It's so much easier in the time of sabr because a person's heart is so soft by the calamities he's going through. In difficulties and hardships, the believer achieves inner bounties that he does not acquire in prosperity. Like for example, if, if somebody, may Allah protect all of our marriages, I mean, if somebody had a very nasty divorce and you know, his ex-wife is going after him and taking over his assets, 80% of his income kicked him out of his home and stuff like this, uh, how is he crying in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What is the state of his sabr? Versus if he, then there's an interim period. Afterwards, if he gets remarried and he finds a good spouse the next time and everything is going well and he's in honeymoon, how much is his tahajjud and shukr? If you compare the two, right? 
If a person is searching and searching and searching and searching for a job and he has debts and debts and, 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 and he's crying in front of Allah Ta'ala, how much is ta'aluf ma'Allah? After he gets a promotion and a job and, and well-paying and his needs are fulfilled, how much is ta'aluf ma'Allah? Just do a quick analysis. If, if your child is in the hospital, in pediatric unit, has sickness, leukemia, or, um, and you know, you're making dua, how much would be your ta'aluk ma'Allah versus your shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when your son is uh, uh, valedictorian in his class or got um, the gold medal in, in, in the race, in, in sports, it's totally healthy and intelligent. So how much is the shukr versus how much is the ta'aluk ma'Allah during sabr? So is, is the intelligent child, healthy child, and the prosperous uh, job, and the beautiful wife, are these the, uh, the actual objective, or how close you are to Allah is the objective? How close we are to Allah is what we are supposed to strive to achieve, right? SubhanAllah. Whether it's in, in, through difficulties and hardships, or through, or through shukr. In difficulties and hardships, the believer achieves inner bounties that he does not acquire in prosperity. Wow. In fact, in the luxuries and the state of prosperity, there may be numerous calamities. Because when the ego, the nafs, acquires the object of its pleasure, it gains strength. So when the ego, the nafs, amara bisu, is getting all of these pleasures, then it's getting stronger and stronger. The nafs is getting stronger, it gains strength. Hence, the, its rebellion may increase. The bagawa of this nafs, amara, will increase as it's getting stronger. So all of these things are giving strength to the nafs. The nafs are getting, is getting stronger. And a person may not even realize it, but um, he may be going farther away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He may be, right? It's not necessary. A person can be a shakir too. But this is a distinct possibility. He may, th- he may thus become more involved in sin. If not in open masiya and sin, then at least he may, uh, he may fall into forgetfulness, ghafla. Like the person who came to Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he said, Ya Rasulullah, I, can you, I need more money, I want more goats. So he used to come five times a day to the masjid, but then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, this is not khair for you. He said, no, no, I want more. And then Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam did not make dua for barakah, he made dua for ziyada. Just give him more wealth. So then his goats increased, and then he couldn't stay near Masjid Nabi. He had to, the population of his goats increased that he needed more open land. Because it would start multiplying very rapidly. So then he moved a bit farther, he used to come every Jummah. Then he moved a bit farther, and he would come rarely. Then when the command of zakat was established, and Allah Ta'ala sent the ayah down of zakat, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam sent Amil to go and collect the zakat money from him, the goats. And then he said, get lost. Uh, this is just mine. Na'udhu Billah. Allah Ta'ala revealed the ayah in the Quran in Surah Tawbah. Among them are some people who made a pledge to Allah. O oh Allah, if you give me from your grace and give me a, a bountiful dunya, I will most definitely give sadaqah, I will most definitely be righteous. Then Allah increased the dunya and gave him from his fadl. Then they were bakhil, they were stingy, they did not give. They turned their backs from Allah Ta'ala, they turned their backs from Rasulullah. Allah Ta'ala turned their heart from Iman to Nifaq. They became a Munafiq hypocrite.
Until the day they will meet Allah, they are in a state of nifaq. Because they broke the promise they made to Allah. Because they were lying. This, ayah is the, this last part is the most uh, serious one. Because it is closing the door of Tawbah. Person became a munafiq is very bad, but potentially you could die back on Islam, right? But in this ayah about this individual, Allah Ta'ala says, nifaqan fi ila that They will be sealed with hypocrisy and nifaq until the day they come back to Allah. That's why in the Khilafat of Abu Bakr, he, he said to Abu Bakr, here, take my past zakat and my current zakat. He rejected it. Time of Umar, he rejected it. He said, I don't know, this is what Allah says in the Quran. So, because of the Quranic guy, it's confirmed that you are not sincere. You are a munafiq. So this is the extreme wretchedness, shakawa, padbakhti, that a person was given so much dunya and he forgot Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whoever supposes that the lutf of Allah, his ihsan, his karam, his love, his, his gentleness, is separate from his decree of fate, of his qadr, when he decrees something difficult for us. This is out of his own short-sightedness. This means there's lack of hikmah, lack of wisdom, lack of basira and understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may have some khair for him in that test. And then the chapter on the fadl of Allah Ta'ala upon his servants. He says, إِنَّمَا جَعَلَ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ مَحَلًّا لِجَزَاءِ عِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ لِأَنَّ هَذِي الدَّارَ لَا تَسَعُ مَا يُرِيدُ أَنْ يُعْتِيَهُمْ وَلِأَنَّهُ أَجَّلَ أَقْدَارَهُمْ عَنْ أَنْ يُجَازِيَهُمْ فِي دَارٍ لَا بَقَاءَ لَهَا إِنَّمَا جَعَلَ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ مَحَلًّا لِجَزَاءِ عِبَادِهِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah Ta'ala has made the hereafter, the Jannah, the Akhirah. This is the abode to reward his believing servants. Where is the reward for the believing servants been decreed for? In the Akhirah, in Jannah. Why? Only because this world, by its nature, cannot contain what he wishes to bestow upon them. This whole dunya does not have the salahiyah, does not have the ability to contain such blessings which Allah wants to give us. This dunya, it does not have wusa, it does not have capacity to contain that which Allah wants to give his, birth, his servants. What Allah wants to give His righteous servants is so much, so much that this dunya does not even have the capacity to contain it. Subhanallah. وَلِأَنَّهُ أَجَلَّ أَقْدَارَهُمْ عَنْ أَنْ يُجَازِيَهُمْ فِي دَارٍ لَا بَقَاءَ لَهَا And because Allah Ta'ala has deemed that the worth of His beloved servants is so high that it does not befit them that he rewards them in such a dar, such a world, which does not even have permanence. This dunya does not have baqa, this dunya does not have permanence. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not want to give us a reward here. He wants to give us the reward in that dar, in that abode, which is permanent. Um, Allah Most High has fixed the abode of the next world. Allah Ta'ala has determined the akhirah is the abode for rewarding the deeds of His believing servants. There is that very beautiful statement that really sums this all up where the narration goes, اِرْتَحَلَتِ الدُّنْيَا مُدْبِرَةِ وَارْتَحَلَتِ الْآخِرَةُ مُقْبِلَةِ وَلِكُلِّ مِّنْهُمَا بَنُونَ 
فكونوا من أبناء الآخرة ولا تكونوا من أبناء الدنيا فإن اليوم عمل ولا حساب وغدا حساب ولا عمل That's a very very beautiful comprehensive statement ارتحلت الدنيا مدبرة Rarely this world is, slow, is coming to an end It's fana وارتحلت الآخرة مقبلة And the akhirah is coming closer So every single second that is passing The dunya is coming to an end closer كل من عليها فان And the akhirah is coming closer Dunya is end is coming near Akhirat's beginning is coming near So every second that is passed Compared to the previous second We are closer to the end of the dunya And closer to the beginning of the akhirah This dunya is not permanent This dunya is coming to an end Akhirah is coming Every second this dunya is coming closer to its end And the akhirah is coming closer to its beginning In each one of these Dunya and akhirah have those who are devoted Some are devoted to the dunya Some are devoted to the akhirah We were just talking about a person MashaAllah was You know He's so old But he's, he's doing um, And extremely MashaAllah Rich But continuing to work we're talking about recently yes. So many three or four jobs And so many advancements not, Night and day Tiring, exhausting himself In the dunya Right So May Allah protect us from Hairs of the dunya They are people who are devoted to both People are devoted to Fani People are devoted to Baqi People are devoted to the temporal abode People are devoted to the permanent abode فَكُونُوا مِنْ أَبْنَاءِ be among those who are devoted for the akhirah. وَلَا تَكُونُوا مِنْ أَبْنَاءِ الدُّنْيَا And don't become among those who are devoted to this dunya. This is such a uh, great irony that the most indisputable uh, fact is the most forgetted fact, which is death. The fact that this is a temporary abode, there are no two opinions about it, no ikhtilaf bain al-madhahib, Hanafi, Maliki, Shafi'i, Shi'i, Sunni, no. For not even Muslim, non-Muslim. The one who disbelieves in Allah or believes in Allah, everybody agrees that death is coming. It's the most indisputable fact. It's the most forgotten fact. That we just forget about it. Become among those who are devoted to the akhirah. And don't become among those who are devoted to the dunya. And then he says, Because today is a time for amal and there is no hisab from Allah. The good people may not necessarily be rewarded. The bad people may not necessarily be punished. It can happen. It does not necessarily happen. Because this is not the place of hisab. After hisab is either thawab or iqab. So thawab is reward, iqab is punishment. So this hisab, thawab or iqab. Hisab, thawab, iqab. فَإِنَّ الْيَوْمَ amal. Right now is amal only. If you're looking for the hisab, you're looking for the thawab, you're looking in the wrong place, brother. This is not the place for thawab. This is not the place for iqab. That one is a sinner, where's the iqab? It's not the place of iqab. That one is a good person, where's the thawab? It's not the place of thawab. It's the place for amal. فَإِنَّ الْيَوْمَ amal وَلَا hisab. Today is the time. Amal, time for amal, you're looking for thawab. For yourself. You're looking for iqab, for the other one. فَإِنَّ الْيَوْمَ amal. Today is the time for amal. The zalim is doing the zulm, where is the iqab? The mazlum is making sabr, where is the sawab? So both are doing amal, one is zalim, one is mazlum. Zalim, he will get his punishment in 
when it's due and the mazloom will get the reward when it is due today is the time for amal and then tomorrow on the day of judgment is hisab no time to make amal there we want to make amal but it's too late if you go to the akhirah a person says that uh, we'll say Absaruna, O Allah, we saw with our eyes Jahannam and the angels dragging the people headlong, throwing them in the fire. Wasami'na, we heard with our ears people burning in the fire. Farji'na, send us back. Na'mal salih. Amal. We want to do amal now. Well, too bad Allah Ta'ala says, Kalla, never. When is la is no, kalla is never. It's too late. Now is the time for hisab. You're looking for thawab and iqab. Here it is. Thawab for the good ones, iqab for the bad ones. Right after the hisab, there's no time to make amal now. Now you want to do amal now? You cannot do amal now. So just like on the time of hisab, there's no time to make amal right now. In the time of amal, there's no time. Don't wait for hisab. This is the time for amal. No hisab, thawab, iqab. That's the time for hisab. There's no time to go back for amal. Allah Ta'ala says, Bal al-hayat dunya Why are you? What's wrong with you? You are preferring the worldly life. Akhirah is eternal abode. Can't you get it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has fixed the abode of the akhirah for rewarding the deeds of his believing servants. The thawab is fixed for the akhirah. If something comes here, it's fine, it's a bashar from Allah, but that's not objective. Yes, it could you could have end up having good conditions here too. But even those good conditions are test for us. He did not establish this world for this purpose. This world, maqsad, is not as a place for jaza. It's a place for imtihan, test. There are two wisdoms in this choice of Allah mentioned here. Firstly, this world does not contain the rewards that He desires for His servants. They are so amazing, so great, the rewards. It cannot even fit in this world. And this dunya does not even have the capacity for the amazing rewards He wants to give. The ni'mah itself is so tremendous, so amazing. That the, this dunya doesn't even have the capacity to, bear, to have it. For example, seeing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot witness Allah in this world because these eyes themselves are not equipped with that ability. Even Musa alayhi salam, when he asked to see Allah, because he was speaking to Allah, and he was speaking to Allah, he uh, was enjoying it so much he wanted to go forward to the next level to see Allah. So, O Allah, display yourself to me so that I may see you. Allah says, you cannot see me in this worldly life. Look at the mountain. A slight reflection of a reflection. I will put on this mountain and if you can withstand it, then you may see me. When the tajalli and the reflection of Allah came upon the mountain, It destroyed the mountain into dust, pulverized it. Musa fell down unconscious and hit it on the ground. When he eventually regained consciousness, he said, I make Tawbah, O Allah. And I'm the first one to believe that you're witnessing you or any of some of these blessings of Jannah, they cannot be done in this world. But in the Akhirah, Allah Ta'ala says, On that day, the faces will be radiant and shining. 
and they will be beholding witnessing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ultimate highest level of blessing of Jannah is to see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that, can this happen in this dunya? No. In this dunya, those who believe in the unseen, based on their conviction in the truth of the Sadiq al-Ameen, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. That Nabi sallallahu alayhi he witnessed these things and he narrated it to us. So the Mukhbil al-Sadiq, the true narrator, informed us, we believe in his integrity, and that is how we believe in the unseen, through the report of the Rasul, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. It's very simple. Islam is basically Muhammad ibn Abdullah sallallahu was a messenger of Allah. He received divine revelation from Allah. He witnessed these things and he narrated to us. And we believe in what he said. That's the reality. Sometimes you just have to go back and review what is, the heck, what is Iman all about. Our Nabi sallallahu he received the revelation from Allah. What he narrated to us about the unseen, that is what we believe in. Because he was a truthful narrator. And there's all, that's the quickest path to you know, the quickest path to bring a non-Muslim into Islam is the same path for a Muslim to revive his Islam. Talk to yourself as if you're inviting, if you don't have the himmah to go invite a non-Muslim, re-invite your own self. How are you going to convince yourself to believe in Islam? Right? So, Muhammad bin Abdullah is a truthful person in Makkah al-Mukarramah. He does not have access to any other heavenly scriptures or any other books of the past. He is Ummi. He has different miracles that were uh, occurred on his hands. And then he brought this revelation. He received the revelation from Allah. He brought this Quran to the people in which it has prophecies of the future, correct representations of events in the past, and it has a beautiful hukum for the present. This book of guidance is eternally relevant and so many miracles. And how did he speak this? It is only because he received revelation. He saw the Akhirah, Allah took him and Mi'raj and came back and he narrated to us. And we believe in that. And subhanAllah, this dunya is temporary. There is a creator, Allah, who has created us. He has sent us down in this world for a specific time, for a test. Firstly, this world does not contain the rewards that he desires for his servants. According to the hadith, the extent of the jannah that the lowest ranking Muslim will receive will be, will be greater than this entire world and whatever it contains. There are some hadiths in the footnotes here. Hassan Basir narrates, uh, The last man to enter Jannah who is in the least of them in degree will be given to see all that he owns for the distance of hundreds of years of journey, all of which is gold and silver palaces and tents of pearls. According to the uh, Mujahid, the lowliest of heaven's people shall travel a thousand years in his kingdom, beholding its farthest parts just as he beholds its nearest. The last person to enter Jannah is, it's, uh, is a very, um, like the ultimate last person. Do we know what it means to be the last person to enter Jannah? There are some people, think about it. Who is the first one to enter Jannah? Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? So, Miftahul Jannati biyadi yawm al the key to the doors Jannah will be in my hands. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said. Verily, Jannah is haram upon the Anbiya to enter it until I enter it. And it is haram for any Ummah to enter it until my Ummah enters it. 
Do you know the hadith you may have heard about Rasulullah asked Bilal radiallahu anhu, Ya Bilal, speaking of entering to Jannah first, it reminds me, Oh Bilal, what amal did you do that I hear your footsteps ahead of me in Jannah? So then Rasul, Bilal said, I have no khas amal, no, the only thing is I always try to stay in the state of wudu. And whenever I make my wudu breaks, I make a fresh wudu. And when I make a fresh wudu, I perform two rakats, tahiyyatul wudu, nafal. Nabi Sallallahu said, yes, that is it. So what do we understand from this hadith? One thing we understand is, subhanAllah, maqam of Bilal radiallahu anhu. We understand the virtue of perf- making, being in a state of wudu. We understand the virtue of performing tahiyyatul wudu. We understand that he got into Jannah. But there is one question Katakta, as they say, it makes you think. What are you second? Prophet said, Mali, what's wrong? What is with me? I hear your creaking of your shoes or your steps ahead of me in Jannah. How did it's a good thing to make wudu, it's a good thing to put tahitul was wudu, but how did you get ahead of Nabi Sallallahu Getting ahead of Nabi Sallallahu in Jannah? I thought Nabi Sallallahu is the first person to enter Jannah. So the explanation of that is Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in another hadith said that he'll be entering Jannah on his buraq and holding the rope of it as a, as a khadim will be Bilal Subhanallah, in front of him. So, but he's going in in front, but he's going to serve his master Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The height of the glory is to be the servant of, 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 of the best of mankind. So he's a khadim. And being a khadim in the dunya, oh man, you're a servant. I'm not a servant. You're still doing mazduris. You're a slave. No. Over here, slave of who? Slave of Allah and servant of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam will be the one who's entering Jannah first with a khadim who will be walking in front of him with holding the buraq. And then you have the rope of the buraq. And then you have, subhanAllah, other anbiya enter. Then sahaba, then tabi'oon. And awliya Allah sabiquna sabiquna ulaikal muqarrabun Then ashabu al-yameen fulan 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 Then they're entering bila hisab and bila kitab without reckoning They cross the speed of lightning, they're there first How much people, they, you know, they pay um, like $150 for clear They get the uh, bio, um, you know, a mark with their eyes they, get the, they take the iris scan and they pay these fees just to skip the lines Or, you know, pre-TSA and and global traveler, everybody wants to skip the lines in the dunya. Right? Whenever we are, people are skipping the lines, they're so happy about it, first class, business class, you just get to sit on the plane first. When you see this, if you are mashallah enjoying it, say alhamdulillah, if you're standing in line looking at them, making sabr, say alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Uh, but uh, think about the fact that, okay, today I'm standing here, but imagine in the akhirah, people are in fast track. How enjoyable it will be. Being fast tracks passing, the whole makhluk from min Adam awalil insan ila akhiril insan, centuries and centuries, centuries of human beings are all in line, and then you're just skipping, zipping through it. That's the true upgrade, right? So they are all entering jannah. Okay, then then what happens? He's without hisab. Then there are people with hisab. People are going slower, fulan fulan. Then they enter jannah. Then everybody who had to enter Jannah initially has entered Jannah. But then there's still a lot of people who will enter Jannah, but they're not going to enter Jannah directly. They're going to enter Jannah after burning in Jahannam. Right? So what happens is this, as they have Islam, that's what they will enter Jannah. But they have a lot of sins as well. 
So a person who commits sins, there's two options. Allah may forgive the sins and enter them into Jannah or Allah may clean them of their sins by burning them in Jahannam. So they'll be burning in Jahannam. Then Rasulullah will go and intercede on behalf and say, Ya Allah, I, I, please, those from my ummah who are burning Jahannam, can I, t- can I go and make intercession, shafa'a for them and bring them out? He'll go and he'll make shafa'a intercession and a big number of those who are burning Jahannam will come out and go to Jannah. Then he will say, Oh Allah, I believe there's some more. He'll go second time. Then he say, Oh Allah, I believe I missed some more. He'll go third time. So people are leaving Jahannam. How long they have been burning in that fire? In the black fire of Jahannam? Allah knows best. Burning, burning, burning. And the people of the Jahannam who are burning with them will say, You said you were a Muslim and you were going to enter Jannah. You are burning in hell with us. What's the point? They will have no answer. But then, finally, those who have even iota worth of iman, and may have not had any good deed to their credit. They just have a very, 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 very minute level of iman. They will be uh, uh, taken out of Jahannam too. And those who do not have iman will be left behind. And the announcement will be made, this is the last, this is the last trip out of Jahannam. Whoever doesn't make it on this trip will remain forever. At that point, those who are the kuffar, they will wish that at least I wish I had recited the kalima only, even if I didn't do anything good then I would have been a Muslim. Then I would have come out now. But whoever doesn't get on this last bus is going to be stuck forever in Jahannam. And then they will come out. Then they will be uh, revitalized by Kothar. They will be taken to the Inna Allah has given the Kothar. It's a spring. So they will be put into the spring and their charred, burnt bodies of Jahannam will be revived back. They'll become fresh. So then they will enter Jannah. Then in this last batch, there are many individuals. Allah knows best how many. They will enter Jannah. Then there will be the last person from the last batch. So how many people are enter Jannah? Is it a finite set number or infinite? Finite. It's a lot of people inshallah, but it's not an infinite number. It is at the end of the day a set amount. So if there's a set amount, just like the first person is Rasulullah there has to be a last person. Like a literally the ultimate last person. Because it's, it's a set of numbers, and it's one, one number that is, however many that number is, is going to have a, a last digit, last unit. So there's a last person. Yani, think about it, this person enters Jannah, after who, him, who will enter Jannah? Nobody. Why? Because he's the last one. And last one means lowest level. Obviously, in case we don't realize, let me just clarify that. Last one enter Jannah means lowest one who enters Jannah. Is there anyone who is after him? No. Is there anyone lower than him? No. He is the ultimate lowest you can ever get in Jannah. We got it? Lowest Jannati. Do we want to be that person? No, we do not want to be that lowest Jannati, right? We want to be bila hisab. Okay. Now, when this lowest person, ultimate lowest person, when after his his wash, then he will go and then he will say, "Okay, enter your Jannah." He will go and stop. And then you know, Therein in Jannah is that what the nafs will enjoy, ayun and the eyes will enjoy. Taladul ayun, lazza of the eyes, the delight of the eye. So he will be looking around. And then it will just, the pleasure will be just uh, sinking into his heart. Oh my God. Where am I now? This is all mine. 
and he'll be looking and search, looking around, enjoying, enjoying. And the realization is hitting him that all of this Jannah is mine. And while he's enjoying it, an hour will pass, and hours, tens of hours will pass, 24 hours, like a day will pass, a week will pass, a month will pass. A year will pass, he's just not even stepping forward enjoying anything, just soaking it in, the manzar, the view. And one year, two years, five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years. Forty years he's just staring and enjoying. All of the Jannah is mine, I cannot believe it. I'm, I, this is just beyond my wildest dreams. Because the nature of Jannah, Rasulullah said in Hadith Qudsi, Allah Ta'ala says, salihin. I have prepared for my righteous servants, such blessings no eye has ever seen. No ears can have ever heard the details of. And no heart can ever imagine. Worldly heart. So after 40 years, Allah will just let him enjoy the sight. Then an angel will come to him, sent by Allah. The angel will come and say that, why are you standing here? He said, no, I cannot believe this. This is all my jannat. Then the angel will say, no, you're not even entered your Jannah, you're looking at the door. Right. So, 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 wait, you're, looking, you're just looking at the gate, why don't you go inside? Come inside and see what Allah has prepared for you inside. You're just standing looking at the door. This is rigorously authenticated hadith, by the way, because it's so amazing in detail, you'll think like, oh, somebody really used their imagination, creativity, mashallah. No, no, it's actually Sahih hadith. That you, it will, this is, come, why don't you come inside? You're just looking at the gate. Come inside. The, how insignificant this dunya is, I mean, even from a worldly perspective, just with our knowledge of uh, the uh, basic astronomy that we have, we realize how, how insignificant the entire planet Earth is. Right? So in, the, in the past, if someone would say 10 times this earth is nothing. One million times this earth is nothing. How insignificant is this dunya? So if you have your little home in Lombard or Glen Allen, maybe Glen Allen more prestigious um, zip code, huh? So whatever, wherever we live nearby, if you have this little home in a little street, and this, what is this Glen Allen? Is a little town in DuPage County. How much, what is the ratio of our home to Glen Allen? Whole Glen Allen. What is the ratio of Glen Allen to whole DuPage County? DuPage County to the state of Illinois. So small. State of Illinois to Midwest. Midwest to United States. United States to North America. North America is one continent out of seven on the planet Earth. Planet Earth is so, so, so small, like a dot compared to the solar system. Eight planets in the sun. This whole solar system is just one small dot compared to the Milky Way galaxy. This whole Milky Way galaxy is one dot compared to the local cluster of galaxies. The local cluster of galaxies is one small dot compared to the supercluster of galaxies. The supercluster of galaxies is one small dot compared to the known universe. As far as you go, this is under the Sama'ud Dunya. And then the Hadith is there, that the Sama'ud, after the Sama'ud Dunya is the first sky. And the ratio of the first sky to the second sky is like throwing a ring in a huge field. The, the whole field is second sky and the small little ring in there is the first sky. And ratio of second sky to third sky is then third to fourth, and fourth to fifth, and fifth to sixth, and sixth to seventh. Then on top of that, the kursi. Then on top of that, the arsh. So wh where are we? How small we are? And how everything we have is so insignificant. 
Bhavapur. So this dunya does not have the capacity to hold what Allah has promised. Another hadith states that Nabi said the Jannah of the Muslim entering to paradise, the last one will be equal to ten times the size of the earth. This vastness is in regard to quantity and size. This is Kamiya. Kafiya, in terms of quality, uh, this world does not contain the rewards of a believer. There's this narration. This one is not necessarily Sahih, the following one. It's from an Israeli tradition, disclaimer, but the mafum is Sahih. Is that, um, th- that Sulaiman with all of his treasures was flying? You, you heard this hadith? Because this is mentioned in the Quran uh, that Allah Ta'ala had given him the ability to fly. Because if you say flying carpet, it seems like some. You know, Alf Layla story or some, uh, uh, you know, m- m- uh, myth or something. But Allah Ta'ala said that he could fly in the morning. In the morning, he would travel uh, a distance of a whole month of a caravan. Like, shahar. How long it takes for a caravan to continue traveling for an entire month, he would take it a flight in the morning on his flying, as he would be flying. Allah had given him control over the air. And in the evening, he would have jinn that were working for him laborers khuddam the laborers are jinnat and they're doing huge projects for him so he had a lot of power he used to speak to the animals etc so many different abilities Allah had given Sulaiman alayhi salam so according to this Israeli tradition one time he was traveling with all his gold and palaces on his flying carpet first of all the gold and the palaces and the jewels and everything itself is it's an amazing, dazzling uh, scene. But then on top of it, you're just flying with it. It's quite amazing. So, uh, uh, so he was just flying with it. And there was one poor labor farmer. What was he doing? He was tilling the earth. He is plowing back, breaking labor. He doesn't even have like basic you know, equipment like a, a bull, ox cart to help till the soil. So he's tilling it with the hand. Because the earth is hard. If you plant the seed, then water irrigation will just, wind will just blow away the seed. So you have to till the hard earth, turn it upside down, make it soften it so the children know what we're talking about, what is tilling the earth. Nobody knows what tilling is anymore, right? But if you're eating all the food that comes from the earth, Allah has given us. So you have to soften that hard soil, it's tilling it. Then when you place the seed, it can go inside and irrigate it, then Allah will make it grow. So he was tilling it, and he's digging in the hard earth with his hand. He just looked up and he saw a flying treasure. What did he say? Subhanallah. So, so then Sallallahu was going, he slowed down, brake, turned around, reversed, and he descended. Then he, he said, oh my God, the whole treasure is descending. Sallallahu asked him, can you repeat what you said? He said, I said, Subhanallah. I didn't say anything else. Don't get me in trouble, don't arrest me. I didn't say anything. All I said was, Subhanallah. Sallallahu told him, I want you to realize the reward of your one subhanallah is greater than all of this kingdom of Sulaiman. Because all the kingdom of Sulaiman is fani, the reward of subhanallah is baqi. This kingdom of Sulaiman is temporary, the reward of subhanallah is eternal. Mathematically, something which is infinite compared to however great a finite number is, the finite number is what? Zero. It's zero, kal adam. It is, doesn't, it has no, no value. It's all adam, it's fani. It's, In terms of quality, this world does not contain the rewards of a believer. 
This world is a place of pollution. This world is a place of pollution. Look at it. Look how polluted the earth is. While the rewards of the hereafter are pure and holy. According to one hadith, if one bangle of a hur of the damsel of Jannah appeared on, on this earth, Allah and the malaika are even beyond hur. What is a hur? It's just a small creation of Allah Ta'ala. The bangle, one bangle would come. The, its glitter would overshadow the light of the sun and the moon. Right? So what about the face of that hur? What about the face of the jannati whose maqam is much higher than the hur? What about the queen of all the whores, the woman of Jannah, the wife of this dunya? So, I mean, this world cannot encompass it. There's a book by Ibn Qayyim, Hadiul Arwah Ila Bilad al Afrah, the guide to the souls of the blessings of, uh, to the Ila Bilad al Afrah, to, uh, to the abode of, uh, of eternal happiness. So, all the hadith about Jannah are mentioned there. Different chapters and different blessings. The Hurs, the Khusur, the palaces, the Anhar, the so many different blessings of Jannah. It's an amazing book. All the hadith from all different books were collected in there. So that is one place to see that. Munashirthani Rahmatullahi has written a smaller version, Shoko Watan. The desire for uh, to create within us the to return to the homeland. He's calling the Jannah Watan. Because that's originally where we came from. So people, you know, they move to the the immigrants who come to America, they'll say, you know, they're back home. This is where I grew up, and then I came here. So likewise, where did we, human being come from? From Jannah. So we should have the show to return. That's why, inna lillahi wa inna ilayna But, raji'oon. Going back. To Allah, we belong, and towards Him, we return. Return indicates that you were there first, and then you're going back where you came from. Secondly, Allah has elevated the ranks of His believing servants immensely. It is not, therefore, in, a, in accord with their lofty ranks to reward them in this perishable and transitory world. So first is that the dunya itself is not capable to, to encompass the thawab. Second is that your rank as a mu'min is so high, it does not befit you to this world. Neither should he regard worldly hardships as misfortunes, as such pleasures are being prepared for, there for him that would not have ever crossed his mind. There's more continuing on this topic, but it's 7 o'clock now, inshallah. I hope that this serves as an inspiration for myself and for everyone to focus on that which is in the eternal. Do not get lost in this temporary abode. And to invest in the akhirah. One way to be looking forward to the akhirah is if we invest in it. And one way that a person is scared of going to the akhirah if he's not invested in it. So the more we invest in our akhirah, uh, then inshallah we will be looking forward to it with great desire may Allah make us among those who invest in the permanent uh, uh, investment inshallah let us 33 times recite subhanallah declare the purity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah
ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم ولا حول ولا قوة ബാലമീൻ O Allah purify our hearts purify our souls ya rabbal alamin Allahumma tahhir qulubana min an-nifaq wa a'malana min ar-riya wa alsinatana min al-kadhib wa a'yunana min al-khiyanah fa innaka ta'lamu khainatal a'yuni wa ma tawfi as-sudur Allahumma inna nas'aluka imanan kamila wa yaqinan sadiqa wa tawbatan nasuha wa tawbatan qabla al-maut wa rahatan 'inda al-maut wa maghfiratan ba'da al-maut wa al-'afwa 'inda al-hisab wa al-fawza bil-jannah wa an-najata min an-nar Allahumma aghsim lana min khashyatik ma tahulu bihi baynana wa bayna ma'asik wa min ta'atik ma tubalighu na bihi jannatak wa min al-yaqin ma tuhawinu bihi alayna masaib ad-dunya wa mati'na Allahumma bi asma'ina wa absarina wa quwatina abadan ma abqaytana waj'alhu al-waritha minna waj'al tha'arana ala man zalamana Allahumma la taj'al musibatana fi dinina wa la taj'al ad-dunya akbara hamina wa la mablagha ilmina wa la ila an-nari masirana waj'al al-hayata ziyadatan lana fi kulli khair waj'al al-mawta rahatan lana min kulli sharr Allahumma ahyina muslimin wa tawaffana mu'minin wa alhiqna bis-salihin ghayra khazaya wa la maftunin ya rabbal alamin اللهم لا مانع لما اعطيت ولا معتي لما منعت ولا راد لما قضيت ولا ينفع ذو الجد منك الجد اللهم انا نسالك فعل الخيرات وترك المنكرات وحب المساكين واذا اردت بعبادك فتنه فاقبضنا اليك غير مفتونين يا رب العالمين اللهم انا نستعينك ونستغفرك ونؤمن بك ونتوكل عليك ونثني عليك الخير ونشكرك ولا نكفرك ونخلع ونسرك من يفجرك اللهم اياك نعبد ولك نص صلي ونسجد واليك نسعى ونحفظ ونرجو رحمتك ونخشى عذابك ان عذابك بالكفار ملحق او الله او الله forgive our sins shower your mercy upon us او الله او الله save us from uh, oh Allah, the عذاب that we are bringing upon ourselves through our sins او الله او الله forgive our sins يا رب العالمين او الله او الله grant us the faith to do good يا رب العالمين 
O Allah, hudh bina wasina il birri wa taqwa. O Allah, grab us by a forelock and bring, drag us towards you, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Do not allow us to become slaves of our nafs and desires, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, O Allah, the Muslims throughout the world that are suffering, grant them sabr and relieve their suffering. O Allah, O Allah, those that oh Allah are blessed, grant them tawfiq to make shukr, Ya Rabbil Alameen. O Allah, this month of Ramadan is in a few days, O Allah, make it a blessed could be tomorrow, could be the day after tomorrow's tarawih. Oh Allah, oh Allah. Make it a very blessed month for the entire Ummah, Ya Allah. Grant us maghfirah in this month, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Grant us tawfiq to make ibadah and layat al-qadr, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Accept our siyam and qiyam, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Give us strength to utilize it in the best manner, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. As-salamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Inshallah, there will be... Uh, uh, breakfast provided. Everybody is requested to join us, inshallah.